when you just talk about practice. We sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Not a game. Not, a, not, not the game that I go out there and, and die for and play every game like it's my last. Not the game. We're talking about practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? Man, we're talking about practice. I know I'm supposed to be there. I know I'm supposed to lead by example. I know that. And I'm not, I'm not shoving it aside, you know, like it don't mean anything. I know it's important. I do. I honestly do. But we're talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice? Welcome to season, practice, season two, episode one of the Volume Shooters podcast, brought to you by TKS Capital Solutions. And Mitch, we're talking about the offseason. There's no more games. We're talking about practice. That's a great opening clip, man. Oh, man. It's one of the greats of all time. It's fantastic. We, uh, we're out of games. It's officially the offseason. We're talking about the summer now. But even as the answer Allen Iverson knows, it's important, you know? It's important it's to practice. Important. He knows he's supposed to be there. It's important. It's not only the game that he dies for. It's also the practice. So volume NBA... shooters need to practice for next season. It's season two. And the NBA um, is about to get crazy like it always does. Between now and probably a month from now, we're about to have probably five or six big-time all-star switch teams. And we're about to hit, we're about to hit it off running. And this week is the NBA draft. This Thursday's NBA draft. Oh, the NBA draft, the Billy King Memorial NBA draft. For, <laughs> for a Nets fan, there is no NBA draft. There's Nets. just watching other people use our selections <laughs> on players. I was telling. How was, you like Jalen Brown? Is he good? I was talking to you about it. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, good is, players. Oh, Tatum, is he any yeah, good? Very oh, good. Yeah, very good. Thanks for that. Oh. It's the first year in the. That's all right. We got Karis Levert and Jared Allen out of those drafts. First year in a while that I haven't really followed the draft as closely because Celtics aren't picking in the top five. Um, oh, as Billy's as Billy's treasure chest. It's finally, over. It's finally yeah. over. Yeah, sorry. Shout out got, to Billy King. We got Tatum. We got Brown. We got Kyrie out of it. So it was a good. It was a good. It was a good deal for KG and Paul Pierce. That doesn't sound bad. No, not a, not a bad return. But before we even get to the draft, we we the, the summer buzz picked up this week big time with your boy, your favorite player in the league, Kawhi Leonard. Demanding a trade from the San Antonio Spurs officially is reported by Sh- by Sh- Shams Shams Charania. Shams, yeah, he's the first yeah. one to report this, and then and then Woj got all over it. But uh, yeah, your first reaction. Uh, my first reaction is, how could I say I'm surprised when the Volume Shooters podcast was the first one all over the story? I broke mm-hmm. this story about a year ago. Mitch, you were the first one I ever heard I mean, talk about it. it was I mean, we're going back to episode four or five. December, December time. Where I'm saying something's weird. He's not coming back. Something's weird. He's not happy. I don't know. Even then. You know, it kind of seemed till the end that maybe this wouldn't turn out so poorly for San Antonio. When he, when he, when it came out that he was healthy, and they're in that series against the Warriors, and he is not coming to play for them, and he's not going to support them, and he's not going to be on the bench for his teammates, I don't see how you come back from that. I'm pretty sure that that is just a done deal, and this 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 relationship is dead and buried. You know I what? think in that in that point, and then Popovich's wife dies. The whole thing looks just awful for Kawhi. I'm pretty sure he can. Then there's reports when the season ends that he's going to get together and talk to him, and we'll see. We're going to see what's going to happen, right? So, I mean, Spurs management always had the, the one wild card, the one ace up their sleeve was that he can they can offer him a five year, two hundred nineteen million dollar maximum extension because he because he made All NBA, and no other team in the league can do that. The and super the super max, super max as they call it, and and you know that 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 should be enough, but it doesn't seem like it's driving him at all. No one's ever really walked away from a super max. We are actually talking. I know we we like to talk about. Athletes 
athletes and their money, like it's not the same money that you and I spend. The dollars that they get is not this, because it's funny money. Yeah. $30 billion still should, I mean, that's a legit you, you amount of money, money I mean, that he is, is turning down. The thing is for him, he's only going to be you know, 29 or 30 when the contract runs out, so he'll get another max after that if he continues to play the way he is. But still, $219 million from the Spurs, and what he could have done. No, this $30 million, he'll never get back. Like these seasons that he's playing, he could yes, be making yes, an extra, extra six, four, five million dollars a year. I mean, the thing is that's interesting is that they could have. I mean, not that he would do this to them. Maybe he would. Blake Griffin got the five-year, hundred seventy-five million dollar max, and they got traded five months later. So these things have happened before. It's not like he was gonna get no trade clause or anything like that. But the Spurs, you know, it really shows that the NBA is a players league now. The players have all of the leverage. The, the management can't do anything about this. This happened last summer with Kyrie Irving. It's a very similar situation. Superstar player demands a trade. Right? The Cavs are stuck. What are we gonna do? We can either hold on to him for two more years and try to make it work, or we trade him right now. Because we, you said this a million times, and you've always been right. You cannot get a dollar for a superstar. You can't. You get seventy-five cents at, at not the even best. twenty-five fifty cents. cents right? Look, look what the Celtics got, gave up for Kyrie Irving, who's clearly a superstar. They gave up Isaiah Thomas, who's no longer there. Jay Crowder, and they gave up a pick that turned out to be the eighth or ninth pick, and Jay yeah. Crowder. He's that is a, that's a poopoo platter. It ends up being Rodney Hood, and then and you know a bunch of garbage. And if the pick. rest of the league knew that they could get Kyrie Irving for that price, I cannot believe there wasn't a better offer. Right. So that's the problem. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Was that Phoenix made a better offer? Phoenix offered Josh Jackson the number four pick and something else before the draft. But what happened was Kyrie Irving's agent called up the Suns unofficially and said, "You can trade for him, but he's not signing an extension with you guys." And that's what the problem with is with the NBA now is that officially you can't tamper. But Kawhi Leonard's agent can call up every team in the league that he doesn't want to go to and say, "Feel free to trade for him, but next summer he's going to leave." So, but I will so say it's a rental. The one interesting move that we saw that sort of goes against that thinking is that Paul George actually went to OKC, which looks like it probably will be a one-year rental now, and they yeah. gave up Victor Oladipo, which is incredible because Oladipo the, did not look like the player at, that we now think time, that he is. At the time of the trade, we didn't think that, that OKC got a lot. I mean, that Indiana got a lot, did we? Uh, probably not, no. no. We, we thought they got fleeced, and then it turned out that Oladipo became an all-star player. Just goes to show you, by the way, that probably the GM of the Pacers knew something about Oladipo, which is, it was Larry Bird, it was, it was I don't remember yeah. who it was, but anyway, I mean, you could, you could, you at could, the end of the day, their scouting worked out for them because they got a guy now who's great for a rental. So, great. Yes, Kudos right. to them. I, I agree. But for San Antonio, this seems strange because you feel like Popovich always seems to find a way to make these things work. We've talked about this. He worked it out with Aldridge last summer, but it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Kawhi Leonard clearly has no interest in being there anymore. Stephen A. Smith went off on him yesterday. You see this? Yeah. He's a baby. Yeah. Stop crying. Don't, yeah. Stop pretending you want to you go to L.A. to be in L.A. Stop pretending there's other reasons for it. Um, I have no respect for Kawhi anymore. Oh, I, I, I mean, I lost respect for him six months ago. But, but to be honest with you, the most disrespectful thing he did was just not showing up for the playoffs. I mean, no I, I don't care what your issue is. You're 100% healthy. And, and, and Stephen A. Screaming A. Screaming A. Love you. Right? Yeah. His point was that they were paying him $20 million United States dollars. And he was sitting out fully healthy. That's stealing. Like, I don't care what your issue is. Come play and leave after the season. Don't do this. I mean, he, maybe he should give the money back. I mean, that's terrible. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's I'm surprised happened. they didn't find him. $20 million. They never find him. He made $20 million. Yeah. And you know how many games he played last year? Nine. Right. So Nine. So you could tell me that they should just hold on to him and see if they can work something out with him and going into the All-Star break. Maybe they trade him in February. They don't have to trade him right now. But 
What what happened? Will, will he play for them in November if he's still there? Mm, I, I, if you don't play for a team when you're perfectly healthy, the team has the right to suspend you. So there's right? a, there's a Ringer article which is phenomenal, and it's called the Kawhi Leonard landing spots, right? And and he goes through each one. And his thing about the Spurs is, you know, yeah, he might sit because he sat, but do you believe that an NBA player in the physical peak of his career perfectly will healthy. really sit out for two this consecutive you, years? You said last I know. last year that you felt he had no heart and no desire to be in the I, NBA. That was the hottest take I've ever heard. And if he doesn't do that in, in the fall of this year, then you were 100% I right I think he's it. already shown himself to be different than all the other NBA players by being willing to sitting out a, a playoff series. Right. What if Kawhi Leonard is pissed off at the Spurs? What if he doesn't want to play for them anymore, but he shows up in that series, they lose in six games, and Kawhi averages 38 points a game. That's only going to make his legend grow here. I, I mean, I, I don't know why he needed to do this. You know, it was a shame. It was unnecessary. He, it shows him to be uncompetitive. Shows him to be a guy that doesn't have the fire in his Bizarre, belly. Right. Shows him to be a guy that you can't trust. The, tr- the trouble is, what are we talking about here? We're talking about, like you said, we're 20, talking about practice. Twenty-five. We talk about practice. I know. I know. About, it's funny to me too. We're talking about twenty-five points a game, a two-time All-Star, two times in the top five MVP. We're talking about the top five. Two-time players. defensive player yeah. of the year. Top five NBA player. We're talking about. We're talking about the, the, the elite of the elite in the NBA. A training guy like that, you have to be. You have to be at the absolute end. of You the, and I shout out end to of the road. shout yes. out to a friend of ours, Joel, who's a delusional Knicks fan. No, no offense, loves the Knicks. Yeah, they all they all are right. Like I wouldn't trade Kristaps Porzingis for him. Well, you don't understand how good Kawhi Leonard is. Then yeah. he, he's not a guy who's a good player. He's potentially one of the greatest players in the league. Pete, Pete Kawhi Leonard is up there with Anthony Davis. This man Ryan, shut down my, uh, LeBron James in his prime. For an entire series, I won the 2014 NBA uh, Most Valuable Player Finals. Finals yeah. Right? I mean, guys like this don't get traded that often. It no. doesn't happen. Last summer, we had Chris Paul officially traded. We had Jimmy Butler traded. We had Paul George traded. Kawhi's a different level than these guys. He's also Kawhi is, Kawhi is LeBron James being traded level. Stan, he's also much younger than these guys. Kawhi Leonard, I think, That's is right. 26 years old. Yeah, he's, in the, he's in the absolute prime of his career, and he's about to get a five-year deal. So if you can get this guy on your team and then sign him to a five-year extension, your whole franchise changes. If you're the Phoenix Suns... And Kawhi, somehow, Leonard, Kawhi Leonard is 26. Yeah. If you're the Phoenix Suns and somehow you can, you can make a deal for the number one pick for Kawhi Leonard, let's say, and you get Kawhi to sign an extension with you, you're Set. You have your superstar. Now you go from there, and that's that's a huge, huge franchise-changing thing. Now, you want to you want to quickly run down the list of of, of potential landing yeah, so I was spots. Say what teams can actually trade for him now. That's the question. Now, we talked about the Lakers. The Lakers are always the first team on everyone's mind when putting players because they want to go to LA. They want to be in the, you know in Hollywood. To be honest, I don't know what the Lakers are going to deal. Are they going to give up Kuzma? Bowl or there, there are some rumors that he would go to the Clippers, but I don't buy that. I no, think I it's Lakers or bust. Right, so the Lakers, the Lakers, remember, the Lakers have a ton of cap space this summer. Right, right? So next, they, next week we'll talk free agency. But the goal for the Lakers is to bring in Kawhi and then bring in Paul George and LeBron, and LeBron James. Right. And have those three guys right. and just figure out the rest. Like, right. If you get those three guys, you're in the And they'll still, still have Brandon Ingram. You can beat the Warriors next year. They'll still well, have Brandon Ingram. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't Where know. are they going to treat for Kawhi Leonard? Well, they have Julius Randle. They have Lonzo Ball. They have uh, Brandon Ingram. Kuzma. Those four guys. Two, four, two, two of the four to the Spurs for, for, for to the Spurs for for Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, they'll keep two and they'll trade two. So I don't know that I don't know that that's enough. I don't know if that's enough, but I mean, I, I would I, I think it's definitely worth calling if you're the Lakers. Yeah. So basically, I mean, 
the Lakers have what to give. They have young assets. They have these four young players. And let's be honest, like we just said, you're, you're really looking for a diamond in the rough. You're not expecting a dollar for a dollar. So if you take a chance on Kuzma, who looked phenomenal, and then you also Ingram. get a guy like Ingram, that's, that's excellent value. The question is, what does San Antonio want, though? Because San Antonio has Aldridge, who's, what, 31 or 32? Yeah. And they have Popovich, who rumored has, is not going to coach for that many more years. There's no reason to think that Brandon Ingram, who was either number one pick or the number two pick, there's no reason to think that he can't be a superstar. So let's see. If he goes to play with Aldridge and Kuzma, who is ready to play. I, but Pop has to hang around for that. Okay. Pop has to commit to be coaching for three more years. Because if it's not, if Pop is not going to stay more than two more years, you got to trade for a veteran you can put with Aldridge, right? But R- R.C. Buford is still there, okay? And, and look at Buttonholzer, who coached yeah. under Pop. Look at Kenny Atkinson. They'll find somebody else. They will find someone that Pop has trained. At Tori Messina, maybe. They'll find someone that Pop has trained to step right in. I think that's a well-run organization. I don't think it's going to change from that when Popovich leaves. I think it'll right. still be a well-run organization. What I, what I would do if I was San Antonio, and this might sound crazy, is I would trade... With Phoenix, I call Phoenix and say, "I will give you Kawhi Leonard for the number one pick." But, but Phoenix, number one pick in the draft this week, and if, if Phoenix can work out an extension with Kawhi on the wink, wink, because it has to be they on won't. The radar. They won't. There's no way that, Fe- that Kawhi Leonard wants to leave San Antonio to play in Phoenix. I don't buy it. I, I don't Phoenix, buy it. Phoenix had a really good franchise for a bunch of years. The last, yeah. the last seven or eight years, they've been in the toilet. But so did the Knicks. I get it. I understand, but I don't know. Like to me, I'd rather have the number one pick in a minute than the Lakers offer. But I guess that's where Kawhi has leverage. I, I listen. There's a list of teams you can go through. I saw a crazy thing, which LeBron James will not consider in free agency. Utah, right? Oh but they would set up with Donovan Mitchell and Gobert. If a guy like Kawhi would entertain going to Utah, they got some pieces to trade. And I like, guess. I mean, right? Really, any market's available if you have a couple young players. See, Kawhi doesn't strike me as the LA Miami kind of guy. That's the thing. I don't know what he Strange. is. Right? Strange. I don't know what he is. Strange. The Celtics have a lot of assets. Let's yeah. just say, I will give you Jalen Brown, right? Who's developed into almost a really, a really good player, borderline All Star player next year, I believe. Right. And the Sacramento pick that's number one protected next year. So you get the number two or three pick and Jalen Brown. Right. Next year. Right. It's a great offer for, for Kawhi Leonard. I think. I don't know. Maybe you ask for Tatum, but I don't think the Celtics would do that. What about the Cavaliers? Tatum is not tradable. The, prop, the problem with the Cavaliers is that LeBron needs to commit there long term, and I'm not really sure he's going to. So without LeBron committing there, Kawhi has no interest in going to Cleveland. Right, right. And be stuck in Cleveland. If, if LeBron says, I'll stay there, and you trade, like we said last week, Kevin Love and the eighth pick. I don't know if it's enough. I don't know if bringing Kawhi to Cleveland is enough to get LeBron to stay. I don't know. Yeah, I guess there's a lot coming with Kawhi Leonard. LeBron I, I, would rather go to L.A. with Kawhi and Paul George right. it's than stay in Cleveland. It's a lot easier for him there. Yes. I mean, the Magic Johnson's about to put, put together some team. If the, if the Lakers can make a run. I mean, is that team beating the Warriors next year? With Kawhi, if they get LeBron, and, and George. I mean, it's a heck of a series. It's, it's, the it's, talent it, level's close. Very close. It, it might, might even be better. It might be better. Because Kawhi can shut down Thompson or, or Durant. I had a thing at last podcast. We teased out LeBron James's future. I had a thing thinking maybe he would go back to Miami and it made some sense. It doesn't seem like it does. It doesn't seem like Miami has the cap space or the assets to pull off more than just LeBron. And why would he go there yeah. just to, to play with Goran Dragic? We, 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 when we talk about the free agency, we're going to have to kind of think about this from what LeBron's... What, what is LeBron going to do? What does he care about going forward? Does he care about catching Jordan in titles? He claims not. He claims that he doesn't care about championships. He's going to do what's best for his family. Right, because at this point, I don't know what that point, means. he's the second best player of all time at a minimum. Stan, when an athlete says, and they always do, that they're, they're doing lying. this for their family, what does that mean? They're usually just lying. For the school system? Yeah. Who was that one baseball free agent pitcher? Maybe it was Mike Hampton. He got signed for like $600 million, and he goes, I'm going there for the school system. Yeah. It's a great I school system in Denver. Sure. The doctor's kid was sick, and he wanted to go to doctors. You remember this in Utah? Or yeah, something? that does happen. And I he got know. traded back to the Lakers. 
I think LeBron, LeBron's eventual goal is to play with his kid in the NBA. He says so. LeBron but so wants, what? He can do that anywhere. He can do that anywhere. He can do that in Memphis. LeBron enrolled his kid apparently in six schools in the last two months, and it's thrown people for a loop. <laughs> They've been trying to track where his kid is enrolled in school. I screaming A again. NBA Twitter is the best. Screaming A, who I love. He says LeBron's got enough money to pay the application fee yeah, in all these fine. places. He'll register, he'll yeah, registration. He'll fee figure it out. He'll figure it out. Um, I think Kawhi is going to be the. First. I don't think Kawhi is going to be traded on draft night. But if he does get traded on draft night, it's going to be a heck of an NBA draft. So, match. gun to my head right now, I do think he somehow ends up on the Lakers, and I do think that Paul George has always wanted to go there, right. and he will join and him. If those two guys are there, the only question is if LeBron makes his way if there. If those two guys are there, LeBron, LeBron sees the, the athletes, he'll he'll jump over. I'd like there. to see it. I would like to I see it. Not. I really I'd like to not. see that too. I want as many good NBA teams as possible. Yes, correct. So if you if you bulge, if you bunch up four or five All Stars on one team, there's less NBA teams that are great. I want Cleveland to be good. I want LA to be good. I want Golden State, San Antonio, Houston, Boston. But here's the thing. I wonder. I wonder if San Antonio can get a guy like Brandon Ingram. I wonder if San Antonio will still be okay with Brandon Ingram and Marcus Aldridge and Ingram develops into a star. I wonder. Maybe, I wonder. Maybe. Ingram's Ingram's okay. He's not. That, that right team now. sounds not no no not even close. That team, that team sounds to me like the Minnesota Timberwolves a little bit, you know, building yeah. a little bit with Cat and, and Wiggins. Won 50 games without Kawhi this year. That's another developing story. He's, a, he's an unbelievable. Yeah, coach. Pop is great. You're right. That's the another. Coach ever. That's another developing story. I just brought up Timberwolves and reminded me. Uh, there's a report now that uh, Jimmy Buckets, who's a pretty intense d- guy, yeah. does not want to play with Andrew Wiggins anymore. Who seems like really laid back, doesn't care about basketball. Reminds me of uh, Kawhi a little bit in that regard. And they say he gives no effort on defense. Oh, Wiggins? Yeah, Wiggins gives no effort on defense, and they just have a contract kicking in next year for five him years, to pay him five years and a hundred something million. So thirty million a year. The question is. Would Wiggins Nobody's touching that contract? In the, right. The, the so the question ball. is, would Wiggins be enough to get Kawhi? And I don't know if anybody I don't know wants. Why San Antonio would do that. The Nets would take Wiggins. Like I, I don't know. Wiggins. You would fall in love with Wiggins in a minute. Don't do it to yourself. Man. He's not a good player. No, he's just he's a, he's a, he's a volume shooter. He's a super <laughs> athletic guy. He likes to score. Doesn't do anything else. Doesn't seem to Jimmy give effort. Butler is in the is in the kind of black mamba kind of category. Really hardcore players. Yeah, intense. Who play really hard. Yeah. Practice every night. Yeah. They, they care about practice. Yeah. And Kyrie's in that group, and then and Westbrook's in that group. They don't. They don't. They don't. They live the Shaq lifestyle. I, I, I love it. I, I love Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I love the attitude. Intense, hardcore yeah, players. I love the that's, intensity. That's the difference between between a Jimmy Butler and and a, and a, and a Wiggins, but. but but we, Towns strikes me as more of a Wiggins chill that laid back guy. No, Towns has fire. Wig- Towns is the best player in that team, agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No question. Yeah, Wiggins Wiggins has all the tools, but none of the motivation. Right. And that's lazy. That's why Minnesota, and, and, and Thibodeau is not gonna handle Look that. what a guy, look what a guy can be with motivation, Darren Williams on Utah. And look what a guy can be when he's laid back and doesn't care, Darren Williams on the Nets. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing that 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 a guy can really be this skilled, skilled enough to be one of the top players in the league, and then just lose the fire. Doesn't care. I'll tell you what happens when you lose the fire in the NBA. You get eaten. There are guys out there, Gerald Crash Wallace, never had, never had the talent, but always had the fire. So those guys will outwork, out hustle, out muscle. Yeah, they'll, they'll fight. They'll fight you. They'll fight you. That's that's. I think what kind of what happens to Kevin Love a little bit. Doesn't Kevin Love doesn't strike you as a guy who has the fire. Maybe it's just because his beard and he looks like he's too soft. Groomed. He looks, he looks soft. soft, but banner public model. He, he used to be a real big time rebound. He's a little bit, he was a little bit heavier in Minnesota. He doesn't have the fire. Doesn't strike you as a guy who has maybe maybe he does. He just does his look a little Chris bit. Chris Bosch never seemed to have the fire. But sometimes he Chris found Bosch it. screaming like a like, like yeah, a Yeah, but it looked fake. It looked fake. I don't know. I think Chris Bosch is an underrated basketball player. There's an excellent there. social media moment of the week brought to you by Diamond Auto Leasing, where I saw a throwback to a Kobe Bryant press conference where he was at the end of his career and Dwayne Wade 
literally crashed his press conference. And he was I saying, that, like, yeah. yeah. So anyway, Kobe ends up saying, I love that guy. That guy's got the fire. He's got the mama mentality. Mama mentality. Dwayne Wade was a fiery guy. Dwayne Butler has the mama mentality. He does. But like Kobe Bryant, is, he's more nauseating now than he was as a player. <laughs> he, he's doing this his own TV show. He's criticizing all these players. Detail. He's very clear. Have you, but I haven't watched it. I watched it. a few minutes of it. It's and fine. It's, I mean, it's a really hardcore basketball. Yeah. It's like, put your foot here and I move your footwork. It's right. really intense. Yeah. But, but LeBron, I would think you would like that. I loved it. Yeah. Because Kobe's basketball mind is, is, is really advanced. Obviously, but but he he was very clear about LeBron. You heard his comment that LeBron has to win more championships to really. Kobe Bryant believes oh. that he is a better basketball player historically than LeBron James. Oh. So he I th- really believes it. There's no way any part of me wouldn't love this. Kobe comes out and says LeBron needs to win more yeah, titles. Yeah. What does Shaq say? He's won enough. No, Shaq says he doesn't need That's to win. Right. <laughs> Those two guys will argue about anything. Yeah. Kobe and Shaq will argue about anything. I tend to agree with this. I, I don't think that Kobe. Unless you tell me if you agree. If LeBron James goes to the Lakers with these with these superstars, or even if he starts with the Warriors God forbid right and he wins three more titles is that going to change your Jordan LeBron no. pick no no. LeBron's no. done enough at this point in the time to be no. the second or the first best basketball yeah. of all time one and one A right so so nothing is going to change LeBron. unless he takes again this uh, could come back to this in my head unless he takes the Knicks mm. to the title maybe because mainly maybe be- because mainly, unless, unless he takes the Knicks to I the need, title you know what Stan bring me UB Brown right now I have I would have a 10 hour conversation with UB about MJ versus LeBron you got to UB on the podcast mainly because UB was coaching the Knicks in Jordan's rookie year. Come on now, LeBron. Come on now. Come on now. Oh man, maybe someone will come in the draft. Happy this year. birthday to Marv Albert. Yes. Who turned seventy-seven years old this week? Marv Slippin Mitch. Yes. His his his. He was still great in the Western Conference in certain spots. I played it on this podcast when James Harden threw down a facial. He he got confused between Ariza and Bamute and Tucker like seven or eight times. In the <laughs> I felt bad for him a little Poor bit. Marv. Poor Marv. He's so marvelous. Bad. Marvelous. All right. This Thursday we got the NBA draft. Oh yes. Mitch and I. Admittedly, are not the biggest college basketball fans. Stan, give me your best NBA draft memory. Uh, ooh. Put you on the spot there. I'll tell you what my best NBA draft memory. Um, recently, I think recently, okay. when the Knicks drafted the Porzingis, me and you called each other within 10 <laughs> seconds of each other because we were so happy they took the European guys. I wish we, we, thought, had, we thought it was going to be a bum. I wish we had a podcast. There's a famous video of a Knicks fan crying in Barclays Center. We were little, so wrong about uh, that one. We were. Another thing that I remember wrong. about the draft, you, you were dead. You were 100% right. Yep. Remember this big argument we had? Yep. Odin versus Durant. Yep. I was, I've always been a big fan of the NBA big man. Yep. This year's draft is very heavy on bigs. Yep. And you were telling me, no, Mitch Stan, you're out of your mind. Kevin yep. Durant is going to be the best scorer in the league. Right. Funny that we look 11 years later and you can't stand Kevin Durant. And obviously you were 100% right. Greg Oden injuries kind of ruined his career. Uh, you know. I made that call and people that know me sort of know I, I, I go go big or go home. I'm all in. So I was telling you, you're an idiot. You don't understand. Yeah. What but I, I, I will take all that credit and then I give some back a couple years later when I'm absolutely convinced beyond belief that Michael Beasley is the next Kevin Durant. <laughs> And I mean, the Knicks fans love Beasley this Beasley year. Beasley had a week this year, a week this year. The whole the whole city had to shut down. If you went to Beasley right now, he's sleeping right now, and you woke him up and put him out of bed, he'd score twenty. Beasley has incredible he offensive scored talent. He would take 15, yeah, 15 threes. He's nuts. He would not get one rebound. He'd yeah. foul out. You know, he'd do a Michael Beasley thing. Yeah, he does like J.R. Smith things. What's your favorite draft memory? Um, it's got to be Kenyon Martin going number one to the Nets. I remember my father. We talk about your father on this program yeah. a little bit. My father is the consummate pessimist with, with his <laughs> sports teams. He always sees it, you know, what's going to come bad. And he says, he says, I remember it was, uh, what year was it? 2000? 2000. He says, uh, 
Three years ago, the number one pick comes to the they get Tim Duncan, and we get Kenyon Martin. I'm like, Dad, you're wrong. Like, this guy's going to be good. Listen, he took us to two NBA finals with Jason Kidd. 2000 NBA But draft. I do remember, here's what, sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. I remember going up to the, to the Catskill Mountains where the service isn't that good, and the radio's cutting out, and I'm trying to listen. First pick comes in at around 7 o'clock or something like that, and it's getting really gravelly, and I can't really hear, and he's like, the next I'm like, who did you do? There was no Twitter. There was no Twitter. About that. I, think? I think maybe I called Tell Me. Remember Tell Me? <laughs> yes. The NBA. The Yankees smashed the Astros <laughs> 11 to 2. 1855, whatever it was. Tell Me. And who they picked? In the NBA. Kenya Morton. Oh, that was and I was very excited. I remember, I, the Nets pick, I remember another thing. I remember when I was a little kid, Yinka Dari. Yeah. Went to the Nets with the ninth pick, and my brother, my older brother, was, we were big Celtic fans. We we're so upset that the Celtics didn't get Yinka. And that, that's how that's how little we knew about the draft. Let me ask you a question. Do you know where? Do you happen to know Yinka where? Died. Do you know? How, yes, he did. But do you rest in peace, Yinka Dari? Yeah. Do you happen to know where Yinka Dari went to college? No idea. The George Washington University. Really? He's a proud that's alum. Boy. That's yeah, good. he and I are frat brothers, blood brothers, whatever it is. Listen, the, by the way, the 2000 draft, the Kenny Martin, you shouldn't have been that upset about the Kenny Martin draft. Kenny Martin, that draft was one of the worst drafts in history. Oh, yeah. It's considered, oh, yeah. I was just looking this up before for some, some podcast fodder. Yep. The 2000 NBA draft is ranked the second to worst draft in the history of the league behind yep. the 2013 draft. Yep. And, and let me tell you something. Kenyon, Kenyon did not win Rookie of the Year, and I was... Really angry. Mike Miller did. Let me read you the top ten from that draft. Tell me, tell me who who in this list is an all star? Kenny Martin, mm-hmm. Stroh, Miles Swift. Oh two, yes, the Nets are, number two to the Vancouver. Vancouver Grizzlies. That's right, for the Vancouver Grizzlies. Number three. The Nets, the Nets ended up with Stroh on their team later in life. Yeah, Net, Stroh, Stroh bounced around. Yeah. Number three was Darius Miles from the oh. Los Angeles Clippers. Another complete it's utter bust. bust. Number yeah. four, Marcus Fizer of the Chicago Bulls. Marcus Fizer ended up playing Iowa in, State. He ended up playing in Israel. He played for the Bulls for I mean, a couple years. These are not NBA players. No. Number five, number five was Mike Miller, who had a really good NBA career. Solid. Yeah. Number six, Demar Johnson. Can't, no, no idea who that is. No. Number seven, Chris Mim. No. Another big center who stunk. He won a title with the Lakers. Number eight, guy's still in the NBA. Eighteen years later, Jamal Crawford. Oh, Jay Crossover. He's probably the best player from that draft. How many teams has Jamal Crawford been on? Seven, at least. At yeah. least. Number nine. Here we go. Spelling bee. You ready? Oh boy. Two thousand draft. Hold on. Your sub express spelling bee brought to you by the home of the frat. The Houston Rockets traded the pick to the Milwaukee Bucks. And the Milwaukee Bucks selected Joel Prisbilla. Center. Remember that name? Yes, I do. Spell it. Joel is easy. J-O-E-L. Correct. Congratulations. Prisbilla. P-R-Y-Z-B-I-L-L-A. No! P-R-Z-Y-B-I-L-L-A. Joel Prisbilla. Continuing to ruin lives 18 years later. Oh, my goodness, Joel. I keep reading. Number 10, Kenya Keon Dooling. Number 11, Jerome Moisu, Celtic pick. Moiso. Number 12, Eton Thomas, Courtney Alexander, Mateen Cleaves. There's not one good... Oh, number 16, Hedo Turkoglu. Oh, Hedo. He might be the best player in this draft. No, Jamal Crawford is. Jamal Crawford is. Hedo's Hedo's ceiling was better than Jamal Crawford. Mateen Cleaves was such a good college player at Michigan State. They won a title... He looked like such a good One player. Good player. Kenyon Martin. Kenyon Martin had a better career than Jamal Crawford. Um, he had a higher peak, but Jamal's had longer staying yeah, power. I think, I think Jamal. I think the same thing is true about Turkoglu. Turkoglu's peak was better than Jamal. Jamal's been good for 18 years. Jamal is still a good NBA player. I would still want Jamal Crawford off to my me, bench. To me, that's the worst draft in, in the history of the NBA. It's 2013 close. is up there as well. But this year's draft is, is, you know, I don't think it's as hyped as last year. Last year we had Lonzo Ball, we had Tatum, we had Fultz, who was supposed to be yep. a great player. Could, yep. could still turn out that way. Larry Markman. This year's draft... A lot of big men. Yep. Surprising. I mean, I'm looking at this, these. I don't know anything. Like I said, I don't know anything about the draft. But 
The number one pick is, is supposed to be, it seems locked up, the Phoenix Suns are going to take DeAndre Aiden. And he's from, he's actually, I read an article in Lee Jenkins, Sports Illustrated this yeah. week. He's from, I believe, the Bahamas. He's from one of the islands. I forget. I think the Bahamas. He, he, and awesome. he, and Michael Thompson is from the Bahamas. He come back there. He moved with his family to Phoenix uh, when he was whatever, and he went to college at Arizona, so he's a local guy. Right, he's a local guy. I always find that almost fixed to be when the team has, Number not that he can yeah. there, and, they, and there's a local guy you sitting know, there like LeBron in Cleveland. For the first for the first half of the year, Luka Doncic, this guy from Europe, was supposed to be the number one pick, no question about it. This guy is like 19 and was like the best, was the MVP of the EuroLeague. Which Always is, skeptical of the Euro guys. I know, but he was like literally the best player in the EuroLeague at 18 years old. Do you remember, I'm going to ask you, do you remember Luka Doncic is reminding me of another Euro who came in extremely hyped at, at the point guard position, Ricky Rubio. Yes, right. No, they, they, they said Rubio was a magician. Doncic can score. Uh, okay. And he was the MVP of the league at 18 be, years old, look, which look, is crazy. Look what happened with Kristaps Porzingis. We laughed. We thought it was a joke. He's actually a really oh, good player. No, it's, Look it's, what happened with Laurie Markinen last year. There are, there, there they, are they, guys. These guys right? can play. But now in the last two months, maybe since Phoenix won the lottery, they changed their approach. They want to take the local kid, the, 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 you know, the Arizona star. They're taking a center. Now, centers are not easy anymore. You can't pick a center who cannot shoot anymore. It doesn't work. Because either you're going to pick a guy like Mo Bamba, who, who, again, without any expert at all. Another Sports Illustrated article written about Mo Bamba saying that he's the future, that he he's going to develop a jumper, he's he, fast. Right, he seems like the new modern NBA big man who's skinny, can set pick and roll, defend the basket, a little Tyson Chandler, but also can shoot threes. Or you're taking like Aiden. Aiden is a, a traditional center. He's a big, big guy. Yep. He, he's being compared to Patrick Ewing and Carl Anthony Towns. Guys that... Yep. Guys that are back to the basket guys. That, that's yep. not common anymore. So yep. I don't know if Aiden can shoot threes or not, but if he, if he can't, it's going to be hard to live up to number one pick. That's my, my official so we on the volume sho- knowledge prediction. We on the volume shooters are big NBA fans, and we're not great college basketball fans. We do watch the NCAA tournament. We had an episode this year where we played the NCAA tournament music. and we Right, and we talked a little bit about it, but we know what we know and we know we don't. So we knew we had to bring in a consultant or a correspondent that's a big college basketball guy. Let me set the stage for you. I have a friend who I went to law school with in Washington, D.C. He's a huge Georgetown Hoyas fan. He went to Georgetown for undergrad and he followed Georgetown. He kept asking me to go to games with him in D.C. I don't remember if we ever actually went to one. Uh, but he knows Georgetown basketball, but he also watches the Big East. I think his wife is a Duke product. Yeah. So he's into Duke also. Now, key thing about him, which I didn't know, we recorded this earlier, is I know that he's from San Diego and he lives in San Diego. He had a little bit of insight of Kawhi Leonard too, because he's from San Diego. Kawhi yeah. went to San Diego State. So I love to, to talk to guys that are real college. He's not even an NBA I, guy. He's a college I, basketball see, I, guy. The, I find these guys fascinating. Guys who like college better than the NBA. I don't yeah. understand it. Yeah. I watch the college cool. in the tournament. I can't, yeah. I can't grasp what's good about college basketball. But it's cool. But they really love it. And they get so intent into the players. Let me just recap really quick before you get to, to, to Rob's um, insight. The draft order is like this. Phoenix is picking first. We know Phoenix basically needs everything. Sacramento is picking second. Sacramento, like you said, is what in, the, in Tyson's own NBA. Anything that Sacramento does, you would 100% believe at this point. Picking third, the Atlanta Hawks, who probably have the worst roster in the NBA. Picking fourth, Memphis. Fifth, Dallas. Sixth, Orlando, who hasn't made the playoffs since Dwight left, maybe 30 years ago at this point. The Bulls and the Cavaliers. That's the top eight. The Cavaliers obviously could trade the pick at any minute. Unfortunately, we you have told me that we Memphis have, might make a trade. We have a friend, Mike Wegg, who's uh, actually also just like us. He's an NBA fan, but because of the team that he roots for, yes. he's become a college basketball fan. He knows fan. the NBA. <laughs> His favorite idea is draft night. Yeah. What are you telling me that Memphis trying to I did. There, there, there's, there's these reports out there that Memphis is trying to shop Chandler Parsons, who's owed $50 million in the next two years, Chandler who's Parsons. completely useless, and they are willing to give up the number four pick. It, it 
tells you two things. It tells you how bad Chandler Parsons is and how unmovable that contract is. Yes. It also tells you what people think about this draft. They're willing to trade the fourth because I think they don't think it's going to be anything. And they, Just to get rid of the player. They think they can get rid of Parsons and that's going to be good for them. So I, no it doesn't. But the Nets, Sean Marks. The Nets should do this tomorrow. Yeah, Sean. Get on the phone. But they've already taken so many bad salaries. Get they, the number four pick, yeah, Jeremy, I don't know if they can afford it. I, I, they'd have to figure it out. They'd have to figure it out. But anyway. How, how many bad contracts are they holding? They're holding Lynn. They're holding Timothy Mozgov. They're yeah. holding Tamari uh, Cowell's a little bit high. Russell's not high. But, you know, they, they took on some, some contracts just to. I still love the draft. Even though I don't know who the players are. I watched, I watched it that night and I'll follow the Twitter. The one thing about the draft I can't stand is Woj releasing the picks two seconds before? Agreed. Why does he do that? Agreed. So I get off Twitter. And I think last year... turned off. I think last year they made an agreement with the league that he wouldn't do it. Good. And, and he didn't do it. Because he works for ESPN. ESPN broadcast the draft. Go back and listen in season one. I had a long rant about Woj and what I think about all that. And I just don't understand it's it. It's the worst. I don't get it. All right. So let's go to Rob to uh, close down season two, episode one. Brought to you by TKS Capital. Rob's analysis on the uh, upcoming NBA draft. from uh, school who follows college basketball a lot and uh, we're going to ask him his thoughts on some of the top draft selections uh, because we're out, a little bit of, out of our element yeah. with the college stuff. Mitch and I are not that. We, we follow the NBA really hardcore but the college basketball is where we, where we struggle with the draft this week. We wanted to get an expert on. So Robert, uh, DeAndre Aiden is supposed to go first to Phoenix. He's the projected number one pick and you know he's being compared to guys like Patrick Ewing and Carlton Towns which is pretty high praise. I mean, you watched him a little bit in college in Arizona. What do you, what do you, what do you project him going in the NBA? How do you think he's going to do? I say I, I, I first heard about DeAndre Ayton a while ago. He actually played a bit of his high school ball in San Diego, which is where I am. Uh, and then he went off to some prep school in Arizona. But, yeah, that kid is good. I would say he is probably the most complete of any of the players uh, in the draft this year. He's a big kid, smart. Uh, and, and he just keeps getting better. And how about how about his defense? Because the, the one thing I heard, and I don't again, I don't follow too closely, is that his defense is where his weak spot is. But they're going to bring him to Patrick Ewing, who's a great defender. And I want to defense good. I want to say, Robert, you should take offense to that because Patrick Ewing's one of the Georgetown greats, right? So is uh, is, is worthy of that? Yeah, is he, worthy of that? Yeah, he, he's no Patrick Ewing on, on defense. <laughs> then again, there aren't too many who are. Right. Okay, so that's interesting. So Aiden feels like Robert's number one prospect, which which makes sense because he's going first. The guy flying up the charge, Robert, um, is Marvin Bagley Jr. from Duke, who, who originally, like a couple weeks ago was going was projected to go maybe five or six, and now he's climbing all the way to number two. Um, do you think he's worthy of the number two pick? I, uh, you know, I, I don't follow the NBA quite enough to, to tell you exactly how he would uh, would project in the NBA. Certainly in college. He was a player with a very complete game. He, he's not as bad defensively as his former Duke player, Julio Okafor. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if, if, if he can straighten up a little bit, I, I can see him being a, a very good uh, inside-outside player. How's his shooting ability? It, it, it's not quite there yet, but he, he, he would get three-pointers from time to time. I, I'd say generally Duke fans would cringe when, when they saw him jack up the three-pointer, but he did hit them from time to so time. So obviously in today's game, that's going to have to change if he's successful on the NBA level. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he's, he's got the, the beginnings of the skill set, and he certainly has, has tried to work on, on that part of his game to be a more modern NBA big man, but uh, his, his three-point shooting is... 
uh, not quite at, at the level that, uh, you know, that, that you're starting to see. Cool. I want to ask you about a guy that's getting a lot of press right now. I don't know if you quite saw so much of him. I know you're a Big East guy, but uh, Mo Bamba, there was an article written in Sports Illustrated that he is just projects to be the like one of these futuristic type of bigs who can shoot and he's long and can defend. Did you get any chance to watch him in college? I didn't have a lot of opportunity to watch uh, Big 12 hoops, but he certainly is a tremendous uh, defensive player and rebounder. I, I have read that he's been doing a lot of work on his shooting and that that, that part of his game has improved. And I suppose if, you know, if, if he can develop a, a, you know, an offensive game uh, to add to, to the defense and rebounding that he has, he could be a big-time uh, contributor. Is he, is he super skinny? He strikes me as super skinny based on like, the pictures I'm looking at. Is he, big, is he big enough to defend the basket? He's thin, but he's strong. Um, okay. it, he, he could probably stand to put on a little bit of weight, but he, he has the more strength that, that if he adds a little bit of weight, I wouldn't see any. You're, 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 say, you're basically speaking to his basketball card here because he had 3.6 blocks per 48, but he shot 27.5%. So, I mean, from three. So that's, that's uh, yeah, he, needs a little work there. He was not, a, he was not a, a, an offensive player in the NBA, but then again, my boy Kawhi Leonard of San Diego State, I had no, no idea that he was going to become the offensive the star that he was. I always thought he was going to be a, a, a defensive specialist and, and look at what he's done. When so, I see him play, he looks like Erlen's Noel a little bit to me, which I don't think is worthy of a top five pick necessarily, but you know, if he can project out and get some offense, it's a different different story. Erlen's Noel, uh, he, he had his final two in college between Georgetown and Kentucky. He did this ridiculous reveal where he chose Kentucky, so I, I have no love for Erlen's Noel. <laughs> but, making bad decisions everywhere, apparently. Robert, I'm going to ask you one last question to let you go, but before I ask you that prospect, you brought up Kawhi Leonard, San Diego State. We're going to talk in this episode about Kawhi Leonard and his future. Where do you think Kawhi ends up? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing he wants to be in L.A., but, you know, it, it, it's kind of a, a sad situation for a lot of us who, who follow San Diego State. He is, he is known, particularly in San Diego, as being a really, really nice guy. He's very quiet. Um, you know, I, and I think everybody in San Diego thought that, that the Spurs is just a perfect place for him to be. So I don't know. I, I, I hate to see him, him leave San Antonio. I was just going to ask you one last prospect. Wendell Carter Jr. from Duke. What can you tell us about Wendell a Carter? Guy. A lot of big guys this year. Yeah, you know, I was never overly impressed with Wendell Carter. He, he's another one of these guys who, who has a limited offensive game that, that pretty much is just around the basket. Um, I suppose I can see him being a, a more of an old-school center in the NBA. I'm, I'm not sure I see that he's ever going to develop into being one of these, these new-school big men. Robert, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for analysis. Chad Ford right there, baby. And uh, enjoy, enjoy your Father's Day. Thank you. You guys too. Thanks, guys. Take care. Yeah, so there you have it. Some analysis that we brought in from uh, from our West Coast correspondent on the draft who had some insight on DeAndre Ayton's high school career in Arizona as well as a little bit of behind-the-scenes knowledge of Kawhi Leonard from San Diego State. Well, Stan, there's only one way to wrap up a draft pod as far as I'm concerned. It doesn't really do me any pleasure to say this, but apparently, like Billy King on draft night, I don't want to be here. TKS Capital.